You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. seated and may the Lord uh, may he the Holy Spirit teach us today as we go deeper into this scripture thank you Lexi for reading that passage from Ecclesiastes we're gonna we're gonna jump back into that in just a few minutes and you gotta dig deeper into that Ecclesiastes um, I submit right up front um, I said this before we did a we did a series this this year earlier on Ecclesiastes we went through like the first three chap four chapters of that and we have a, a group that kind of comes together every year actually we'll, we'll plan it again for about a month from now 
And we kind of kind of like plan a, a, what the, what it would look like to preach through the next year. What are some themes? What are scriptures? We pray. We spend time together. We read scripture together. We sometimes it takes a, a night. Sometimes a night and the next morning. And uh, hopefully you'll get some more input. Some new new people bring some stuff to the table this year when we do it. But last year, somebody I won't name any names, Quentin, but said we got to do Ecclesiastes. And, and uh, went through some stuff, and we were, and, and the other people on the team were all, all of that. Yeah, and I'm like, I do not want to preach Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Everything's meaningless. I mean, that's what he said. I mean, right? We just heard that. I mean, I don't want to do that. And it was like, you know, the Holy Spirit worked in that. I mean, it wasn't me. I didn't pick like this is what I'm going to preach because I know I. I was like, I don't want to do this. So here it is. We did that for like. A month. Now we're back. We were back two weeks ago with part of this scripture, and today we're back again. It's like God just keeps bringing it back to us. So, man, thanks for listening, and thanks for sharing, and you guys, man, thanks for just praying for us because we just continue to, to go where the Lord takes us. So, thinking about this this emptiness that is um, that's all about this scripture it talks about everything's meaningless. Like there's an emptiness that comes to it. And I was uh, as I was preparing for that, there was this. There's this artist who just started just coming to my mind and my heart, and he went, he went by the name of Vici. You guys know who Vici is or was? Um, he was a producer, did like dance music. He died last year on April, uh, somewhere around April 18th, April 20th of last year at 28 years old. Um, Vici made the, produced this song. It was pretty popular uh, for a while. It was called "Wake Me Up." Wake me up when it's all over. Wake me up when I when I'm older. And uh, it's a, it was a cool, it was like a dance song, it was a pop song. And actually it came out about the time God was putting on our heart to come and to, to begin to pray about planting this church called Awaken Church. So that song, Wake Me Up, really been an inspiration. If you go back and like look up the lyrics to the song, Wake Me Up, it's just really about this idea of coming around to what God has for you. Not that Avicii was a, a claimed to be a Christ follower or anything, I don't know that. But here's the, the thing about the emptiness of this story. I mean, this is a young man who, like, inspired me with his music, with his talent, and did for millions of people with this, with this one song, but several others as well. And he died last year at the age of 28. At a, it was apparently a suicide. He uh, had cut himself with a broken wine bottle, and they, just the assumption was he did it on purpose to take his own life because there's a biography that came out on, on Netflix about the life of Avicii, whose real name was Tim Bergling, by the way. Um, and this biography talks about all the fame and the money that he achieved in a short time. And then he, how he was just very openly dealing with depression all the time. And from the age of 16 on, what he wanted to do more than anything was just, just inspire people with his music. Mission accomplished because I'm one person who was absolutely inspired by Avicii's music. And that's what he wanted to do. He's like, oh, I mean, for me, success in life is to make the music that makes me happy and share it with the world. I want to share my, my music with the world. And he did. And he still had this emptiness. And his story is that he tried to fill that emptiness. He, he had fame. He had the money. He was, he was blessing people <laughs> with his music. And he had this emptiness. He kept, tried to fill with drugs. And he abused alcohol. And he just tried to fill this emptiness with these kind of things. And so he went on from this depression. And he, uh, his dreams came true. Making music for the whole world to hear, it came true. He was able to fill his life with whatever he wanted. What, what are some things people try to fill their lives with? Money, yeah. What else? Alcohol, yeah. We just go sit right up. Hey, man, have a drink. <laughs> yeah, cool. 
but you try to fill your life with it. That's when the problems start, right? That's that's a whole different level. I think we understand that. Yeah. Uh, what else? Concubines. Concubines. <laughs> Going with the scriptural reference. <laughs> yeah. Today we would just call it, you know, playing, play, being a player, booty calls, you know, whatever. You know, I don't know what the terms are today, but it's basically <laughs> a what? No, you didn't say that. You did not just say that. I don't know what she said in here. But I'm like, you know, think about it, though. We don't know what concubines are. Well, this is this was then, but it's also now, right? What else? Anything else people try to fill their lives with? Stuff. Drugs, stuff. Just stuff like, you know, yeah, cars, your cars. house, your collection, video games. I mean, you got, right, goes on. What is that? Fame, absolutely. Fame. I was, I was, I, honestly, you guys have heard my story before. It's like that was my goal from VG's age at least, 16, on through my early 20s was fame. Money came with it? Cool. That's, right. That's great. Concubines come with it. Until I got married. Yeah, I'm cool with that too. But it was like, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, no, I'm just playing. But I'm just saying, I was, but fame was the main thing. It was like everything, if you look at, at me from 16 to 20, early 20s, it was all about how do I get famous? How do I get? How can I be a professional wrestler? How can I play for the NFL? How can I be? How can I be uh, up on stage with a with a band? Because you know, in the '80s, people started start doing stuff with synthesizers and stuff. You didn't even have to be able to sing to be a singer. And that was me. I'm like, I'm not a great singer, but I got stage presence. So let me come on. Let me do this. And I tried all this stuff, right? So so we we try to fill our lives with all kinds of things. We try to fill our lives with relationships, not just the concubine kind. But other kind, you know, that, like we, we try to fill our lives with something because there's some kind of emptiness there. So we're in this series. We've got another week left after today. It's called Didn't See It Coming. And we're looking at some of life's biggest challenges and how these things, is, they seem to come out of nowhere. And they're things that, like, everybody seems to experience at one time or another. And I thought some of these things would be, as we progress through, like, some of these things will be things that a lot of our folks who are, who are younger haven't experienced yet. But what we're finding is... Things like cynicism and pride uh, that we've already talked about, um, that, that, that everybody's feeling those. Like even, even those that are in their, in their early 20s are feeling some of these things, dealing with pride and cynicism and uh, those kind of things. And so the themes for, for this series and some of the content has come from this book. I just remind you guys again, Didn't See It Coming by Kerry Newhoff. He's a pastor. And uh, this book has got these themes and a few more and a lot more content than we covered here on Sunday morning about this. So if you're like, if you're like found any helpful at all dealing with your cynicism or, or struggling with pride or today we're talking about emptiness, next week we're going to hit burnout. And you're like, man, that really is, that, that was kind of helpful. I really believe this will be much more helpful to get the book. And when you, when you get a chance and read through it, I would highly recommend it because it definitely is one that has... Uh, Jeff encouraged me and helped me see some things I've had to work on and, and come to some new places over the last year since I read that myself. So we come to this, this place of emptiness that we're going to talk about today, and we didn't plan on it, right? Nobody plans on emptiness. You didn't get up this morning and go, I just want to feel blah today. I just want to be just, I just empty. I just, want to be, I just want to feel like nothing today. We don't decide that. But here we are, and we didn't see it coming. We're dealing with this <coughs> emptiness. And here's the good news. The emptiness can be filled. That's the good news. This emptiness can be filled. You can have a full life. And we're looking at Ecclesiastes, and maybe starting to how are we going to find out how to have a full life with Ecclesiastes? Well, we're going to look at that a little deeper, but then we're also jump to some stuff Jesus said, and we'll find where we can find that full life there. But here's the big idea. 
The only thing that can completely fill the emptiness we all have from time to time is God. We all feel that emptiness from time to time. The only thing that can fill that emptiness is God. So here's a, a thought I want us to spend some time in. You can have it all and still wind up empty. You can have it all. Avicii, the guy I was just talking about, he's not the, the only artist whose life was cut way too short. He's just 28 years old. But there's this whole other, there's actually a list you can Google, and they call it like the 27 Club or something. Musical artist who died at age 27 for different circumstances. But every one of their stories are a story of there was some kind of emptiness. There was, there was just an emptiness, a void in their lives. These artists, some of these are, these are just a couple. Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones. You may not know the name Brian Jones, but you've probably heard of the Rolling Stones. At 27 years old, died. Janis Joplin. Jimi Hendrix. He's like legends. So you think, man, they were, they were, I always said Jimi Hendrix was like in his 40s rocking his guitar. He died at 27. I didn't realize that until I really got to looking at this. Jim Morrison, lead singer of The Doors. Move up to like more my generation, Kurt Cobain at 27 years old. And then you go to last year, just 28 years old, Avicii. But it's not just those in their 20s, although these folks, pretty, you could say you could look at their lives when it happened. They had, a, they had achieved this great success, and there was still some emptiness. But then look at something like actors like Robin Williams. Robin Williams, who was like, you would just look at Robin Williams and his life, you think, man, he just seems so full of life. And his story is, the story of his life is, you could have it all and still wind up empty. That's the story of Robin Williams' life, too. So what do you do when your dreams come true? Have you ever thought about that? I think a lot of times we sit and dream, and we think maybe sometimes it's just an assumption. Well, you know, that, that's my dreams, and my dreams will never come true. Although most of us are like, it's going to come true at some point. What do you do when your dreams come true? What if you have everything you hoped for? What if everything go, went the way you really wanted it to, and you ended up with what you wanted? You had that success. That you that specifically the way or that relationship or that degree or that job or or you know that car that house whatever it is and you got exactly what you wanted. What then? Because there's where that emptiness finds it, its way back into our lives. So we could probably say, well, if I if I got everything that I've dreamed for, I'd be very grateful, right? I mean, I think. I know most of you guys in the room, at least, well enough to know, hey, you, you would be grateful because I've seen you be grateful for little things. And it's like you would definitely be grateful, and I would hope so. I mean, if I vote for Pedro and all my dreams will come true, and then they come true, I'm going to be grateful that I voted for Pedro, right? But here's the thing. Being grateful doesn't leave you fulfilled. You should be grateful, absolutely. But it doesn't leave you fulfilled. We end up wor wondering, you know, Okay, I'm grateful for this. I'm thankful for all that, that I've, I've got what I wanted. But why do I still not feel fulfilled? Is this as good as it gets? Maybe you've already asked that question. I think that's where all the people that I've mentioned already who didn't get full and didn't continue their life came to this place of, is this as good as it gets? And they weren't happy with their answer that they found. Maybe you get to this place where you're like, I'm grateful for what I've got, and I've got what I wanted, but I'm not, well, I'm not there yet, obviously. I got what I wanted, but I'm not fulfilled. I'm not really satisfied. I thought it would be at this point, but I'm not. One day, 
I'm going to get whatever's missing. We all have that one day. And then we, so we get to, to, to where we think our success is, and then we go, mm, that's not it. So we have another, like, one day. One day we'll have this. One day we'll get that. And here's the thing. When success leaves us empty, we keep moving the finish line. Like, we keep moving. Like, I get to this point. Now, you should have goals, and when you get to that goal, you should already have a plan for what's next. You should keep going forward, absolutely. But when we get to this place where we get what we wanted and we're not fulfilled, let's Let's do something more. Let's do something different. We'll talk about this stuff a little bit further in a second. But let's talk about King Solomon. Because King Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes, he was rich. He's famous. He's, he's the king, right? He's got it all. So much, he had so much gold and silver. Check this out. I don't, remember, I don't remember if I mentioned this when we did Ecclesiastes a few months ago. But there was, he was so rich with gold, and especially silver, that he had so much, and the kingdom had so much silver, that silver lost its value. History shows that in, in the world as, as it was known then, silver lost its value because it was so abundant. Solomon had so much, and the, so the kingdom had so much. So silver went down in value during that time. Crazy how much he had. He had all this, everything he could want. And, and uh, it, it, so, so Ecclesiastes, it's a collection of Solomon's thoughts and Solomon's conclusions about all this success. Look at us refresh ourselves again. Back to Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 2. He says, Everything's meaningless, completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come, generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises, the sun sets, then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run to the sea, but the sea is never full. When the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea, everything is wearisome beyond description. He's like, all of this just wears me out. Everything goes the same over and over again. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we're never content. His conclusion is, I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I have everything. And everything is meaningless. I mean, it's, there's an emptiness still. I've got everything, and there's still a void. You can have it all and still wind up empty. The thing is, and we've all experienced emptiness at some time, or we experience emptiness from time to time, and we want to fill that emptiness. We all want to fill the emptiness. All of us have a desire to fill up what that emptiness is. I own this, this great quote about emptiness by a, is a street artist, a New York street artist named James De La Vega. And he says, why does the feeling of emptiness occupy so much space? Now just let that sit for a second. Why does the feeling of emptiness fill up so much space? Now I had never heard of James De La Vega, so obviously I Googled him. And I found this piece of artwork he did, um, in a street artist called Become Your Dream. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, this guy's full of life and creativity and passion. And he says, why is emptiness fill up so much space? Even he, this young street artist, fills the emptiness. And it's a great question, right? Why does the feeling of emptiness occupy so much space? Which leads us to the question, how do you feel the emptiness inside? How do we do it? So here's what Solomon says, and we can look at this too. We like, we like to be fulfilled with fun. We think, we think we'll be fulfilled with fun. He starts off chapter 2, I said to myself, I'll try pleasure. I'll try pleasure. 
Let's look at these good things, uh, the good things in life. I'm just what I'm going to do. I'm going to look for all the good things in life. That's it. We'll, we'll try fun. We'll fill up our life with fun. And surely the answer would be pleasure, right? I mean, after all, God just wants us to be happy. Well, he, he, he does, but that's not the point. <laughs> we get this, this place where we're like, have fun. After all, aren't you truly alive when you're having fun? I, don't, I feel truly alive when I'm having fun. I had a lot of fun yesterday. I was coaching soccer. We won the soccer game. We went to the meat pie festival, ate some good food, watched my kids play. I, was fe- I felt fully alive. I was sweaty and hot and I was exhausted, but I felt fully alive. And I was having fun. So we feel that way. But Solomon says, I found that this too is meaningless. There's still an emptiness when I try to make fun what fills my life. So wait, wait, wait. Maybe, maybe Solomon was just trying to have the wrong kind of fun. So Solomon says, maybe so. So at verse 3, after much thought, I decided to cheer myself up with wine. Just having fun and pleasure wasn't doing it. I said, well, let's have another kind of fun. And he said, I'll cheer myself up with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. Maybe what I really need to do is just have a drink. Maybe that's it. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's just what he comes to here. Solomon says, I thought the answer was filling my life with fun. And what's more fun than drinking with my friends? I like us better when we're wasted. I mean, that's what he's saying. Literally. And then he says, the last part of verse 3 of chapter 2. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. He says, I see it all around me. The only happiness some people have is they only are happy when they're wasted. He's not talking about having a drink. He's talking about indulgence. And he says, that's it. For a lot of people, he said, for a lot of people, that's as good as it gets. And Solomon says, I tried it. I was empty. And void. It's like clutching at foolishness, he says, which means it left me empty. It's like trying to grab something you can't grab hold of. So Solomon scratches fun off the list. So we, we, we feel like fun will make us happy, and when that doesn't, then we think, well, we'll be fulfilled if we pursue more. If we pursue more, bigger is better, more, let's get more, then that's, like, that's the way it goes, right? I was telling the crew this morning, I was like, it doesn't always work that way in the church world. You know, I've, I've, been in, I've been in churches where they had bigger, more people, more facility, more band and all this. And it wasn't better than, you know, style-wise or, or you know, how, how we do things at, at Awaken. I was like, I told him, I was like, if there was ever a church, a battle of the church bands, I put Awaken's band up against all the rest of them because bigger doesn't necessarily mean better. Well, we, we think more means better. Uh, he goes in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 4, he keeps going. He says, I, I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I, I bought slaves, both men and women, and others who were born into my household. I also owned large herds and large flocks. And he says, that, that was more than any of the other kings before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold. And again, so much silver, it wouldn't it lost its value. The treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired all the wonderful singers, both men and women, had many beautiful concubines, had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than all who had lived before me, and my wisdom never failed me. He basically is kind of like, man, I'm the GOAT, G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. 
I'm the goat! Solomon says, and it's meaningless. It's empty to be the goat. I read about this, this thing called the cycle of accumulation. Actually, it's, it's something I got up from uh, Kerry Newhoff and this, uh, didn't see it coming. And I just thought, man, this is so good, I just want to share it. So it's basically the cycle of how things work. And it says that we, we, um, basically we think we'll be fulfilled if we pursue more. That's how it has started. We get this idea, man, if I just pursue more, then I'll feel, feel fulfilled. And more fame, more money, more connections, more friends, more whatever it is. We just will feel that. And when more leaves us empty, we pursue better. Well, I got more, but it's not necessarily uh, still empty. So let's pursue better, better career choice or, or better house or better car. Or, well, you know, if the, if the grass is always greener on the other side, then I'm always going to be trying to get to the other side. I mean, it's just I want that to get to the better, right? So we find that better leaves us just as empty as more. So we pursue that which is different, special, unique. We go for rare things, things that, that very few people actually have. And we can say we have one, or maybe nobody else is one of a kind. And we got that. We're like, oh, I've got, I, feel, I, can, I can feel fulfilled now because I have something nobody else has. And what we find is that different leaves us just as empty as more and better. And different gives way to despair. I've got this and this, and on this I've got better, and I've got more, and, and inside I'm empty, and I didn't see it coming. Didn't see it coming that I would still be empty. So in our despair, we think the answer is, let's pursue more, <laughs> and it goes round and around. So that's called the cycle of accumulation because you just you get to that point of despair, and you're like, man, you know what? I just need I just need some more. I need more in my life. Solomon experiences this, and Solomon, Solomon's experience, I think, is everybody's experience at, at one point or another, at least on some level, we experience this. So he comes to this conclusion in verse 11, but I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it's also meaningless, like chasing the wind. There's really nothing worthwhile anywhere. And I'm the king. Now I'm sad. I got it all. We can have it all and do it all and still wind up empty. And the question is, why? Why are we so empty? Why do we feel empty here? Why with all the, here, why all the content that we have at our fingertips about self-help, self-love, self-worth, why are we still battling so much emptiness inside? I think it's a battle between not just the emptiness, but there's a struggle between two kingdoms going on, actually. There's the kingdom of me and the kingdom of God. And the reality is, the kingdom of me must give way to the kingdom of God. To find a way to, to fill in that emptiness, to find true fulfillment, something that's going to last, the kingdom of me must give way to the kingdom of God. Because the thing is, every person is, is, every person is serving a kingdom or working for a kingdom. And we may not, we may not like, like think about it in our head, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm all about the kingdom of me. But there's really only two kingdoms, kingdom of me and kingdom of God. And so are you familiar with these two? The kingdom of me is it's all about me. And it goes much deeper than learning to love myself and learning to, to guard your heart. The kingdom of me is all about what I want, really without consideration of others or even God. Like, I'm, I'm going to get mine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get mine, and we'll even like we'll say, well, God's blessing me. We'll we'll put we'll stamp God on it sometimes, and we're like, I'm gonna get mine, 
because that's my God's blessing me. God, want, God wants me to get this. And it's about us. And then we haven't really sought God's kingdom or God's desire. We're following ours and making the assumption or even, even praying it, God bless this. Instead of saying, God, take me where you want to bless me. We're saying, God, go with me and bless where I'm going. That's the kingdom of me that gets us praying that way. The kingdom of God is where hope actually wins. Where love really wins. Where this little thing, which is a big word, it's actually not a little thing, it's a big thing called resurrection wins. Where that which was dead and buried is brought to new life. In here. Resurrection is about the event of Jesus, absolutely. But it's also about what the event of Jesus means for us today and the rest of our lives. That which is dead within and buried can be brought to new life. That's the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of me produces more me. All the good parts, all the great, all the great things, absolutely. And all the bad stuff, all the stuff you hate about yourself, the kingdom of me produces more of all of it. The kingdom of God produces everything you truly long for. Truly long for. That stuff that's, that leaves you empty, and you're like, why am I still empty? And you don't even know what it is that you're longing for. That's what the kingdom of God produces. When I'm empty, it's because the kingdom of God has given way to the kingdom of me. There's a, a great quote from this book. Didn't see it coming. There is no end to the sad discontent of making you the mission of your life. I found that true. I can even find more content. Even, you know, I want to make God the mission of my life, and I pray that would be all of us. But even if I make others the mission of my life instead of myself, there's more contentment. If I make helping other people, if I make giving, Really, when I get to this place where I'm like, I, wanna, I want what God wants more than anything else, there's a different contentment that comes from anything else I've ever experienced. Jesus offers us this, this good news. It's found in this, this uh, couple of chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, called the, the uh, Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus' like, most famous sermon. Right in the middle, Matthew 6, 33, like right in the middle of all this, this great sermon of his, he says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Another way that's put, that you probably heard, is seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. And I always used to hear that, like quoted, we sang a song, it had those words, it's a little song we would sing. And then I was thinking, what is all these things? Well, he talks about that, but it also it's like all the stuff that, 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 um, that Solomon was saying, I can't find fulfillment in all this. Jesus is saying, seek the kingdom of God first. You'll find the fulfillment in all the things that you're seeking inside. Hope, joy, peace. That's what you'll find. You'll find all these things here. The kingdom of me must give way to the kingdom of God. Jesus teaches us this, and this is why it's so hard. Because you have to die to the kingdom of me to have the kingdom of God. What you're hoping would bring you great satisfaction hasn't brought you the satisfaction you thought it would. When you die to yourself, though, something greater rises. Die to yourself and something greater rises. And if God isn't at the center of your life, you're always going to come up feeling empty. But dying to self, man, that can be a terrifying thought. Just like, oh man. That's, that's kind of like, I don't really want to think about that kind of that kind of sacrifice. But it turns out the only thing more terrifying than dying to self is living for yourself. Then there's a great question, I gotta, and I have, to, I have to approach it. And this is like something that most of the time in church we just skip over. I can't, we don't want to do that at Awaken. What about all those people 
that go to church and still feel empty? What about the people who say, yeah, I'm a Christian and still feel empty? What about the pastor who just committed suicide a couple weeks ago? They're still, obviously, they're Christians and they're still empty. What about this? I tried being a Christian and I still feel empty. I don't have all the answers to that, but I know that the key is you don't add Jesus to your life. Jesus is your life. And there's so many folks, so many of us, pastors included, who use Jesus as an add-on. There's still emptiness in that. I've done that. But I have to wake up every day and say, Jesus, be my life. Not just be a part of my life. We have a, you know, our phrase for this year is like, be more like Jesus in every moment. No, I, mean, I want that, but I still can feel empty. I can strive to be more like Jesus in every moment and still be empty until Jesus is my life. And the only way to do that is completely open yourself up and say, Jesus, come in. Just come in and be my life. And that's why even pastors will struggle. Because, yeah, they're great men of God. They're, I, mean, I said, yeah, they're a Christian. Sure. But they're adding Jesus to instead of surrendering to let Jesus be all of life. So the only thing that can completely fill the emptiness we all have from time to time is God. So what is the next step? Um, you know, I just say, you know, it's for me the next step is same thing I do every morning. Jesus, be my life today. It's to invite Jesus to be your life. And if you've not, if, if that's where you are, and you're like, man, I'm, I just realized something. I still feel some emptiness, even though I feel like I'm a good Christian, and you probably are. I think everybody in the room probably is. And you still feel that emptiness. Why? Maybe you've been adding Jesus instead of surrendering, saying, Jesus, take it all. Be my life. What would it look like for Jesus to be your life? What is your next step? Maybe there's something, uh, uh, some thoughts you need to, you know, your next step needs to be in your thought life. I need to think about some different things that I've been thinking about. Or maybe it's just your heart. Maybe it's like, I need to, I need to, I really need to feel some things, feel about some different things. I need Jesus to come in and help me feel differently about myself or about this area of my life or whatever. And I need Jesus to be my life and how I feel. Or maybe it's doing something. Maybe it's taking your hands and saying, what is it you want me to do next? That would Jesus, that would just say, you, I want you to be my life. What would that look like for you to do that? Let's pray that and then we'll sing a song and uh, go from there. Lord, we just, we, we love you and, and uh, God, thank you for filling our emptiness. And uh, we just confess to you right now, Lord, that we, don't, we can't wrap our brains around how we seek to follow you and we read the scripture and we pray and we, you know, we come to church and tithe and all the things. We witness, invite others to you know, whatever. And, and still sometimes we feel an emptiness. And Lord, I think it's because, and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself, sometimes we just try to add you to our lives instead of inviting you to be our lives. And today, God, that's what I want us to do. I want, I want us to just invite you to be our lives. Whatever that looks like for every single one of us, Lord. And also as a church. Lord, at Awaken, Lord, you, you've been the subject since day one. And a lot of times, Lord, we kind of step back and go, wait a minute, are we adding Jesus to this? Or are we following where he's leading us? Lord, help us to do that in our own lives. Lord, that we would be people who say, we have an emptiness in us. And God, only your presence can fill that. So God, come and fill that with yourself right now. Jesus, be my life. And as we do this, well, we just trust you for every step we take. We'll trust you for this moment and the next. And as we do that, Lord, we'll have plans, we'll have dreams, 
Some will be, we'll find success in and some we won't. But all the way, Lord, we can know the peace and the hope and the joy and the fulfillment that comes with you being our lives. So, Lord, we ask you to help us with that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.